We'll be in Matthew chapter 21 today. Uh, we're looking at, uh, and it's, it's quite, uh, uh, Brother Luther started his Sunday school off with, a, with, a, with something I wrote down that just kind of fit the, the theme today. And, and, he, and he said, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I love being here. I love being in this congregation. I love doing this. And I've missed a lot of opportunities that I can't get back, but I'm doing this now. And from now, I look forward. Uh, to doing these things, and then Brother Otis and Marie gets up here and they uh, sing uh, uh, this moment. We have this moment in our life, and and now it's like almost a uh, seize the moment. Uh, though it may be a funeral song that they would say would be an ending, uh, but it is about this moment. Then we have these children that are going back to school, and they get to uh, live in the moment, and they don't know what the upcoming moments are and what the upcoming days have ahead of them, and and uh, and then as this. I talked to Chris earlier this week, and I said, well, I've never been more sure about something. Uh, I've had some confirmation on this message, and then today, that was on a Thursday, and then on Saturday evening, I've never been more unsure, I guess, against some things, but I know uh, that this is the way that the Lord is leading us, so we're going to let the Lord have His way today, just as Luther did in the Sunday school, just as Marie and Otis did with Chris did with the singing, and uh, just as as I'm going to do with the preaching, because this is His church, His body, His way, His will, and His work, and it it means nothing if we don't do. Uh, like they said, we've never done it before, but we felt led to do it, and it means nothing if if we don't do what He says. So we're going to do what He says. So Heavenly Father, Lord, have Your will, have Your way. Open our hearts, open our minds to hear that which You're speaking to the church, and we thank You for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. And we'll find ourselves in Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to get there too. Uh, we're beginning in, uh, we're going to really focus and hone in on uh, uh, verse 33. Uh, and we're going to talk about what are you doing with what, we're going to talk about two things today. What are you doing with what God has done? What are you doing with what God has done in Matthew chapter 21? Uh, where do we begin? Where do we begin with what all God has done? If you look at just the beginning in this chapter, uh, excuse me, he comes in riding a, a coat and this hosanna uh blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord uh jesus enters in and he's exalted as king he is a, a king he is the expected one the messiah they're they're throwing their coats down he's coming into the city uh as he should as he's uh, predicted to do and and they bless him as a king and they say in verse 9 there, there they say well what's what's going on here and they say well i'm sorry in verse uh, 11 they say well this is jesus Thus, uh, Jesus, uh, the prophet of Nazareth, is exalted as the king as he comes in. And not only is he the son of David, he is the king. Now he's the prophet of Nazareth. And he's a prophet and he can predict some things. He can, he can speak some things into existence. He can say some things that come to pass. He, he's, he's validated in his, in his walk. He's validated in his talk. Uh, not only that, because a prophet's words had to come to pass and, and be called a prophet. He had been validated in that. Oh, he's the prophet, Jesus of Nazareth. And then he goes on to say in 14 that he healed some lame people there. So not only is he a king and a prophet, he's a healer. He's a healer and a provider and, and all these things. And verse 15 says something amazing. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things, even they said he did wonderful things. He did great things. And wonderful things. King, prophet, healer, provider, great, wonderful things. And he goes on into the city. And, and how can it be uh, that this healer, provider, prophet, king, great, wonderful thing can also be the criminal? How can he be the criminal? 
as we will find out uh, later, because uh, this is like Tuesday in the week, uh, uh, the beginning of the week, and then on Tuesday in the week when we get into our scripture here. Uh, but at the end of the week, by the time Thursday hits, he's the criminal, crucified. He becomes the criminal. And the priests say, you know, and we go on through here, and, and the first parable he talks about with John the Baptist, he said, well, what authority do you do these things? And he said, well, I'll tell you if you'll tell me, was John the Baptist a prophet or not? Was his message from heaven or not? And them fearing what would be done or said against them, said, well, we don't know. We, we, don't, we don't know. And he says, well, then if you can't tell me, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, and, 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 they, and they move on, but just... Uh, and then move on. And then we find ourselves in the 33, uh, in that parable in 33. And you know what? I want to say that about John the Baptist in that parable. He says, Jesus, what authority do you do these things? And Jesus says, well, I'll tell you, you know, what authority did he do these things? And they, they said, we're not going to tell you. And Jesus turns it around and says, well, let me tell you about the authority that you have. Let me show you the authority that, that you have. And in 33, uh, wait a minute. Nope, sorry, 33, I'm on chapter 22. My bad. Uh, yeah, 33, 21. He said, hear another parable. Hear another parable of a determined God. Hear another parable. Uh, 33, hear another parable. There was a certain householder, householder in which planted a vineyard. And he hedged around it, and he dug in a wine press around it, and he built a tower, and he let it out to the hut, and he lent it out unto the husbandman. And went out into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husband, and they received the fruits thereof. And the husbandman took his servants, and he beat one, and he killed another, and he stoned another. And again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent his son, and they will surely reverence my son. But when the husbandman saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Let us seize his inheritance. And they came, they caught him, cast him in the vineyard, and slew him. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, what will he do to the husband? Well, they said, well, it's obvious. They said unto him, he will miserably destroy those who do wicked men. And he will let out, let out his vineyard into another husbandman, which would render the fruits thereof in their due season. And Jesus said, did you never read the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected is the same. The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but whosoever it shall fall, it will grind them into powder. Here's the parable of the determined God. The determined God who, who, you know, he, he owned the plot. He owned the plot. He planted the vineyard. He, he planted the plowed the vineyard. He, he sowed the vineyard. He planted the vineyard. The vineyard sprouted. Not only is the uh, vineyard sprouting, but he, he put the hedge around it. He put the tower in it. Now, we're going to go ahead and just get some things out of the way. It's God's vineyard. Uh, but the vineyard is Israel. Uh, who had charge over it. He, they, but he protected and he provided and he planted the vineyard. But that the, the vineyard is, is uh, the, the husband, the, the cultivator, not the husband, the cultivator is is Israel. I'm getting a little bit, I, I, I need to get off my notes, I guess. But God entrusted the husbandman 
with it. In 33, hear the parable, there was a certain householder. He planted a vineyard and he, and, he, and he got it all fixed up and he got it all placed and all planned out and all perfected. And he said, here, you have charge over it and you reap the, vo- the rewards of it. You grow the fruit thereof. And it flourished and it was plentiful. And it was plentiful. But when it was time to reap the harvest, he sent his servants and they kept the harvest. And it says that they killed, they, they, they beat some, they stoned some, and they killed them. They beat the one, they killed another, and they stoned another. And the servants of the vineyard rejected were rejected by the husband. The servants going to the vineyard were rejected by the husbandmen. Let's do this. Help me, Lord. That's right. So, Lord, let's have your will, your way, your word in due season that it would touch the hearts and the lives in this moment. In Jesus' name. God has placed us right here. But there's just a few of us here today. It's a very personal message today. We're going to try it this way. God has placed us here in, in this place. And he has planted something wonderful in this place. And he is doing something marvelous in this place. And he has put a hedge of protection around it. And he has given us a tower uh, to look at. And it's not to look at so much to look at the enemy. It's to look for the sun who is coming. To look for the air who is coming. And in our own lives, he has sent servant after servant. As it applies to our salvation, he has sent servant after servant word after word, day after day, time after time in my own life for me to hear the word of the Lord, for me to bow my knee uh, to the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, give my heart to Him and become all that He's called me to do. And He's done that time after time after time. And I would beat the one, I would stone the one, I would kill the one, but there was a stone that always sat in my path. There was a stone that I always stumbled over. I always had to walk around it. It never moved. Different servants came. Different prophets came. In today's sense, different pastors came and different preachers came. uh, Different convictions came. All kind of different manners came into my life. Good and bad to get me to walk around this stone every day of my life. Until finally, the stone uh, that stumbled me became the stone that I needed. It became, I finally had to either reject the stone or accept the stone because it tells us in the end the stone will either break you or it will crush you. And the stone finally broke me and and that's the way it works in our salvation. Now looking out here, I'm not going to assume everyone is saved, but I hope that everybody knows Him in that way. And if He's showing up in your life day in and day out, it's because He wants to have a relationship with you. It's not because He's mad at you. It's not because He's making your life miserable. It's that stone that never would move, that never will go anywhere, that's placed in your path, in in your life, to get you to notice that stone. And that stone is that. Now, the parable here, Jesus tells that. He says, listen, this is what's going to happen. He tells it before it even happens. 
We've sent servants. My father sent the word. He sent prophets. He sent all these people to you. And now he sent your son. And in two days, I'll be lifted up on the cross. I'm going to the cross and dying for your sins. I'm going to do this. He didn't tell him that, but that's what's happening. The parable becomes alive. In about three days from this day, he's three days away from the cross, but in three days, the parable will be brought forth in their sight. In three more days, the parable will be brought alive in their sight as he rose from the dead, as the rock is moved and he exits the tomb. Now, the, the, he says the problem is, is you're messing it. You're messing it. I'm here. I'm the healer. I'm the provider. I'm the prophet. I'm the king. I'm, I'm him. I'm him whom the scriptures today, and you're hearing the scripture is being fulfilled. I'm here, and you're missing it. And so this, when you mess it, when I come to, to get my fruit, and you refuse to give it to me, and you mess it, I take that, I take it, and I'm giving it to another kingdom. Well, now, just because you rejected it, Israel, don't, don't, and I give it to, some, to the Gentile who neglected it, doesn't disqualify you. Peter will go to the Jew. Paul will go to the Gentile. The mission is to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the utmost parts of the world. They was not disqualified. He, did not, he took the kingdom and the cross, give it to everybody. The cross give it to everybody. So you can't just say, well, he took the kingdom from them and he gave it to them. He didn't take the kingdom from them. They still had a chance to come to know Christ after the cross, but they lost one of the great, they lost this moment. They lost this moment in their life where they could have done great, marvelous. They could have been the Nicodemus who got it. They could have been the Joseph of Arimathea who got it. But instead, it was Peter who got it. It was the apostles who got it. Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with that because just because he took it from them and he gave it to them doesn't mean that after the cross he's not going to offer it to everybody. So he offers that. So and, and then so these things happen. Now let me uh, and he says, did you not ever read that because these things happen, you'll either stumble over it. Or you'll either stumble over it or you'll step upon it. It'll either bring you down or it'll bring you up. It's one of the two. But I can promise you, when it brings you up, it's marvelous in His eyes. It is, it is a 100%. And if you'll be here on Wednesday night, we're going to talk about that. It is a 100% guaranteed solid work. It is works. It is, there's no loopholes in this. There's no loopholes in the cross. There's no loopholes in the cross. So, with that parable, he says, you rejected it and go to another, another kingdom, and then he's going to be lifted up. That is the parable. We know the parable. They, we, 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 that is the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his, world, his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but through him that the world might be saved. And he came to his own, and his own received him not. But he came in grace, he came in truth, he came in light, he came in love, and he came to his own. And he said, I am he in whom the scriptures have revealed. I am he, and the, 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 from the lamb slain from the foundation, look, here he is, look, there he is, look what he's doing. And they received him not. He goes to the cross, he dies, he rises again, and he forever lives. Now, that is the parable uh, in 33. And I love the way he started that parable. He said, Hear you another parable. 
hear you another parable. Let me tell you, another, hear you another parable. There was a certain householder who was placed in a vineyard. And he was placed to keep that vineyard. And there was a hedge of protection around him. And there was a strong tower in the middle. And he had everything that he ever needed. Everything that he ever wanted. Everything that his heart could desire. But his heart was wicked and deceitful. So he desired other things. So that when the son said, Will you give me my fruit? Give me what I deserve. Give me my just deserve. Give me what is required from you. I kept it. I hid it. I think that's what it says right here. It says, uh, and when the time of the fruit drew near, in verse 34, he sent servants to get it, but he wouldn't give it to them. He wouldn't give it to them. All he, had to, all he wanted was what was his. He don't, and you know what he, he said? He, he don't want to take anything from you. He wants to give you everything. It's not that he's taking anything. He wants to give you everything. And then so I figured out that the stumbling block that I, I stumbled around was Jesus, of course, and I give my life to him. And then come the other parts. Then comes the, it's, it's one thing to give your life to him uh, and, and save your soul. But what about the other parts of your life? What about the other things in your life that always show up? What about when you're praying? Jeff and you and, and, and he's protected you and he's planted you here and, and, and he wants you to do something you're praying about something where does your mind go where does your mind go where do you drift off to what do you hear when you pray what are you asking for are you asking or are you praising do you enter into his presence with praise and thanksgiving and grace to find help in a time of need Okay, so you do, how do you leave? Do you leave the same way you come? Do you leave, do you exit his courts with thanksgiving and praise? Or do you exit his courts wondering if it'll ever happen? And, and, and when you pray and when you think about, this is for me, it wasn't for y'all. Jeff, when you are praying to me and when you are seeking me and you are asking for me, the one thing that keeps popping up in your prayers is that stumbling block that's hindering your answers. Oh Lord, you get to pray and you get to thinking about something or somebody or somehow or some way, or, or, or whether it's finances or whether it's forgiveness, uh, whether it's a doctor's report, whatever it is uh, that is always in front of you is that stone. It's that rock. The rock of salvation saves my. It's the same way. Just just the way I pick up I pick up the garment of salvation. I can I can lay down the worries and the cares of life. And, 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 and he's wanting to show it to me every time that I step into this garden that he's hedged, he's planted, and he's protected me in. And every time I pray, the thing that hinders my prayer, he's going to show you that's evident. He's going to show you what's going on in your life so that you can take that and it's either going to do one of two things. It's either going to cause you to stumble or it's going to cause you to lift up. It's going to cause you to get over. It's going to cause you to, to do these things. And you have to make a choice in that moment to do something about that thing. And you know what you have to do? You have to give it to Him. You have to let it go. You have to let it go. Same way that He showed me with, with, with giftings. In which way are you gifted? How are you gifted? What, what's the Lord put on your heart over and over and over again? Laid on your heart to do over and over again. 
And every time that maybe you get an opportunity to show that fruit and to bear that fruit, and he comes and shows up and he says, Today's the day. Render the fruit unto the husbandman. You hide the fruit and you say, Well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to take that step yet. I'm not ready to, to make that commitment yet. It's the same thing. And you know what? You're not missing, not only are you missing a chance, you're missing an opportunity. But he don't disqualify you. He takes that from you and he gives it to the one who is willing and he continues to work on you. And for years and years and years, you mess out on a blessing that somebody else is getting. It wasn't designed for them, but it was given to them. Israel, it wasn't designed for the Gentiles, but it's given to them. You're not disqualified. They're just walking in something that you should be walking in. And it, and it becomes the same thing in our own life. It's the thing that that it keeps... It, and it's not a stumbling block. It's what He wants you to do. What is He pulling you to? What is He drawing you to? A couple of weeks ago, a lady says, this is what He's drawing me to do. This is what I want to talk to you, Pastor. This is what we want to do. This is what I'm thinking. That's what I'm talking about. That's the stumbling block that you can't get around. She come to a point in her life, she said, this is what I, the Lord's calling me to do. Everywhere I look, there's a rock, right? In the, it's just there. It's always there. And that lets me know that this is what I need, He needs me to do. This is what He wants me to do. Same thing if He's calling you. If He's calling you into something, whether it's calling you by grace into salvation, calling you into a deeper uh, commitment with Him, to calling you into a, 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 gift or, uh, a gifting, calling you to become greater, to step up, to stand out in the church, whatever that is, I can tell you exactly how you can identify it. It's there every time He talks to you. Every time you're in His presence, every time you're in, the, every time you hear an offering call, every time you hear a prayer, every time you hear a song, every time you go down the road, you can't shake it, you can't stop it. It's it's a it's a rock of offense. It's a it gets on your nerves sometimes. It's offensive sometimes because the Lord will not leave you alone because He wants what's best for you. He wants what's best for you. And I'm going to tell you, the problem is, is we can't always recognize what's best for us. He says, when you plant seed, get the smallest one, fill it, and throw it. Paul said, I got a thorn, it hurts. And Jesus says, I got to leave it there for you to be all I want you to be. The Lord says, take this cup. The Father says, I can or they can't have you. See, we don't always understand what the cup is or what the thorn is but it's the, or what the rock is, but it's the very thing that He's placed in our life to make us be who we have called to be. It's the, Paul was praying to get rid of the thing that made him great. Because if he had lost the thorn, he would have, he would have gained his pride. Jesus prayed to remove the cup and He says this cup is for you to share with them. I won't drink of this cup until they come into my kingdom. Thank God. Thank God He didn't pray. Thank God He didn't get rid of the cup. My God, we wouldn't have no choice, no hope. So I'm going to tell you, whatever the Lord's calling you to do, it's right in the center of everything that you're going to do. You've got to go to work around it. You've got to go to school around it. You've got to go to church around it until you walk in it. Until you walk in it, He's going to put that rock in your path. It's going to be offensive. It's going to be stumbling, a stumbling block. It's going to be unmovable. Unmovable. 
And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be the same thing when you embrace it. It's going to be the same thing when you embrace it. It's going to be offensive to them, but it's going to be immovable, unstoppable. And it's going to be something that's standing on the solid rock. It's something you can count on. That rock that will never go anywhere when you're living in the world and won't come to Him is the same rock that will never go nowhere when you're living in the kingdom and you're walking with Him. It's the same rock that never goes anywhere. The problem is, in the end, if you reject the rock, it'll break you. It'll, it'll crush you, grind you. If you accept the rock, then you will stand firm in that day. This is the parable of judgment. You accept the rock, and you stand, or you reject the rock, and it breaks you. He didn't take the kingdom from Israel and give it to the Gentiles. He went to the cross. He went to the cross. They don't understand these things. We get an eye-opening event of what's going on. He says, did you never read the scriptures that the stone that the builders rejected was the very stone that put all this together? It made all this thing work. It made it all come together. And there's, an old, there's, a, there's some scriptures that you can look at. Uh, like when Paul would say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to see. I don't know what to say. But I know that all things are working together for the good. I, I, that's all I know. That's all. I don't know what this rock's doing here. I don't know why it's always been here. I don't know why I've always been drawn to it. But I know something. It has a place in my destiny. It has a place in my future. It has a place for me and this. And I know this. And that's where we're at today. And that's where we come full circle at today. What is the Lord laying on your heart? What is it that you can't go around without stumbling over? What is it? it may not, and it may not look right. It may not look like nothing you need. But it's something that if, if, if everything you've tried don't fulfill then the thing you haven't seen must be it. If the things that you have seen is not doing it, then the thing you haven't seen must be what you need. It's almost... I don't know how much to, to bring it out. But I will tell you this. When I give my life to the Lord, the thing I hadn't seen was the thing I did see. And now, 15, 16 years later, through all of these different things and all these different things, I can promise you this, it is marvelous. It's His doing, and it is marvelous in His eyes. Everything we, we prayed over these kids, when we prayed over Ryan, it's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in His eyes. It's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in His eyes. What you see here today, and you, everybody in here testify to that. You are the work of the Lord, and you are marvelous in your eyes. Don't you dare let nobody tell you no different. Don't you dare let an enemy show you that any different. You are fearfully, wonderful made, and you are here planted in a vineyard with a hedge protected around it. And like Nehemiah would say, I think it was Nehemiah, he said, we're going to get up on the watchtower, we're going to get up on the wall, and we're not going to look at the enemy, but we're going to watch and see what the Lord will do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to watch and see from the watchtower. I ain't worried about an enemy that the Lord's put a hedge around to protect you. Why well, aren't we hedged? Aren't we? Didn't he lift up a standard against an enemy when he comes in like a flood? I don't know about you, but I'm willing to stand in the gap here for you and for them and for the community that they can come in and I'm willing to stand on the tower 
and watch and see what the Lord has for us to do. And if I come across those stumbling blocks, not that the enemy placed, but because the enemy can't come into this garden, but I'm talking about it's hedged, it's protected. So if there's a rock in there or something that's in my way, it must be God. It must be God. I believe that He protects us that way. I believe that we are His children in that way. And I believe He loves us that much. And you know what Jesus is doing here? He's doing the same thing here in the Scripture that He's doing here today. He is piercing your heart before they pierce His. He's piercing their hearts before He pierces Him. And now you have a choice to make today. Oh, what's He calling you to do as Brother Chris comes and, and Miss Marie comes? What, is, what does He want you to do? What's He want you to do for Him? Let me ask you this. If you're in the vineyard and He did Acts 30, 10 chapter, uh, verse 33, when He comes to the vineyard and He says, well, where's my fruit? Do you have any to give Him? That's, that's, that's the bad part. It, it wasn't. He didn't come to get fruit. It said every man should render their fruit to Him. We should run out with our fruit. Run out with our fruit. And they had nothing to give. They wanted it for themselves. And they slew the servant. And they slew the servant. And they beat the servant. And they killed the son. And they kept the fruit. And you know what he says? He says, you will reap the rewards of your labor. Now, saved? Absolutely. Are you? If your Lord's calling you into something or gifted you into something, let's talk about this thing because I'm going to tell you something. You're missing some of the greatest times of your life. You are missing some of the greatest blessings of your life. These couple of these these men go to different various places. Uh, to, to, they've been to funerals this week. They've been to hospitals and stuff like that. Or, or funerals, I'm sorry, two funerals this week. And they didn't even have to say anything to be a blessing. <coughs> didn't even have to say anything. To, it, it's just being being available to God. Just being available to God. That's all He wants. He's not trying to take your time. He's trying to give you the time of your life. He's not trying to take your skill. He's trying to give you gifts. He's not trying to take you away from anybody. He's trying to give you more. He is a God of abundance. He is a God of exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. If you don't believe He will do great things and He will do marvelous things in your eyes, look around this room. Look around this room of how marvelous that these people you serve with are and what God's done in their life. I'll stand him number 73.